Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey guys, welcome to the I Don't Get It podcast. Ashley Naz and Lauren here, and we are joined by the infamous Oscar Gracie, aka Taylor Swift, export, export, expert, connoisseur, Somo- uh, Taylor Swift, sommelier, whatever you would like to call it. <laughs> sommelier. Oh my. <laughs> Oh my gosh, addiction. And he's here to break down folklore because so many of you have been messaging all three of us and asking us to break it down. And I personally am super stoked because this is the one album I don't know much about. I don't know any Easter eggs. So I'm going to get it all right here from you. I don't think she's given us any Easter eggs. She, yeah, I Um, agree. Yeah, you guys were disappointed that this episode didn't come out last week. So we're sorry, but... We have a schedule. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Should Taylor we didn't tell us. <laughs> no, Taylor didn't tell us. That's the whole thing. If Taylor did tell us, then we would have planned this for last week. So, this thing surprised us. Really I, shook us all up to the core, I will say. <laughs> should we go around the room and discuss our feelings on it one week in? I love that idea, Ashley. Yeah. What a beautiful idea. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Oscar, so you much. start. Wow. Um, first of all, I will say the surprise album drop didn't obviously didn't see it coming. I, in retrospect, maybe I should have been a little prepared, was not prepared at all. My boyfriend was actually visiting and staying with me and I thought I had a year, two years to endure a new Taylor Swift album with my boyfriend. Cause I'm a lot during a new Taylor Swift era. I am a <laughs> lot. Um, somehow my relationship survived barely, barely. We did get into a, he's not a Taylor Stan. So we did get into it a little bit that evening. Uh, he's a Barb, a Nikki Stan. So it was a little, it was a lot. Wow, a I thought that'd be a deal breaker for you. I know. Listen, we got, I can't be that picky. Um, it's a miracle he likes me. So I just, I roll with it. I roll with the punches. And so this, it was a lot. It was a lot when it came out. And then having, sit, sit, I sat with it and listened to it all the way through um, and watched the lyric videos on YouTube as I was listening to it. And I was losing my mind just because it's so different from anything that she's ever done. Lyrically, it's so mature and above and beyond. And you have to like really pay attention to the lyrics to understand what Miss Thing is saying. Because she uses some big words, some uh, big, big yeah. ass words. You got to have a dictionary, a thesaurus. Like you got to be ready to <laughs> look things up. I feel like I was what like... What does gauche mean? Uh, a little gauche. I like in a list. Uh, clandestine. Not, clandestine. Clandestine. Yeah. Girl, the word. I'm like, she's really teaching more than any book I've ever read in high school and college. (laughs) Thank God I have an English minor because I don't know how I'd be able to listen to it otherwise. But wow, it's one of my... Reputation's always going to be my favorite Taylor Swift album, I think. But Folklore, I think, is my number two, which is saying a lot because I love all her albums, all my children. Um, So I stand. I live for it. Can talk about it forever. Thank you for having me. Didn't you say last summer that Lover may have been your favorite album? Did that not, right. like, age well? 
half of it, I think, aged really well. Like, I was a Cruel Summer, I still think, should have been a single. I will die on that hill. Um, Cruel Summer is, like, one of my favorite songs that she's ever done. Um, Death by a Thousand Cuts, Cornelia Street. Like, there's so many really good songs on it. But I think because she still was kind of, like, playing around with the the radio singles, like Me and You Need to Calm Down, that those ones didn't age as well. Even though they're fun, they're just not... um, as up to par as like something like folklore, I think will age really, really well because it's just so timeless. Whereas the other ones, she kind of was playing with the tr- like the musical trends. Um, so I think that one didn't age as well. Although I still really do love it. Love her the song, Chef's Case, so good. Cruel Summer should have been a single. The man was robbed. Um, should have gotten a better remakes. And then the man music video. was robbed. I don't know how that like was one of her least successful um, singles. My theory is that it happened during quarantine or almost quarantine. Yeah, was. and she said huh. that she like rushed a music video, so it was all done by her. I was expecting kind of like a bad blood esque kind of music video with like a lot of different like high profile like women kind of coming together and just sticking it to men, ending men, mm-hmm. destroying the patriarchy. Uh, it was a cute video, but I think it could have yeah. like been a lot more. And I think she could have also done a remix with like getting like someone like Lizzo or uh, Meg Thee Stallion or Cardi to come oh, on it, kind of like she did with Bad dope. Blood with Kendrick. I think she really could have like done a lot more. But I feel like she was kind of just over the era of Lover, and she was kind of just yeah. on to, dealing think, with a lot of stuff on to the next. I think what we forget is that Lover had so many songs. It was like a Drake album, you know. So of course, stuff's gonna get lost. I, t- False God, you know, to me was that was my number one, but. Anyways, Ashley, what did you think of Folklore? All right. Well, Lauren and I, and I think Naz is starting to have like a certain sort of way that we listen to the album. I don't like just listen over and over again wherever I am every time that I run an errand or just around the house doing like chores. I really sit down and I try to develop a relationship with the album. Um, so I really like give it time and I try to go through it straight through a couple of times. Um, so I'm not just like listening like to like track by, you know, like track, track, you know, like sporadically. So I can't even say that I've, I've given it about five or six listens through at this point. I do really like it and I like it a lot more every time I go through it. There's some on this album that I might skip through, which... I don't know is typical. Um, I think that because it's like a little bit more of a monotonous album because it has the same tone all the way through that there's a couple of ones. Yeah, there's a couple of ones that I'll be like, okay, like this there, is my yeah, there's favorite. No ups and downs, so I'm going to skip through because no like crescendos. me skipping this yeah. number doesn't really like affect the experience because I'm going to be on that same level the entire time. Um, and I, I, but I have to say, and I said mm-hmm. this last year with, with Lover, it's definitely the least relatable album in the sense that, like, it's poetry. Like, it is poetry because a lot, of, a lot of it isn't like cohesive storytelling. A lot of it is like symbolism. Yeah, I mean, so it's like almost, it's almost not relatable to anybody other than Taylor <laughs> because everything is like so specific, and she used. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm alone. There is, of course, okay, there's, of course, relatable parts um, and relatable songs and especially relatable lines. But as a whole, like each track, I can't find something to identify with. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that does make sense. I mean, I honestly thought that 
you would c- relate to it because it has like that teenage love triangle. And I feel like y- mm-hmm. you, your brand is dramatic love. What you weren't even in a geometric square. You yeah. were in like what an octagon. Some I don't even know what you were in, but um, but I think if you go through the song, the lyrics, you might relate to it more. Like once you really start to break it that, down. That's funny because that's exactly. What well, Ash, were you gonna say something before I go? In? I was gonna say the ones that are obvious, like love triangles, and have that like whimsical feel, are the ones that I'm super drawn to, like Mirrorball and like August and even Betty. So for me, I um, so I'm a little bit different in a sense where Reputation was my least favorite album. I'm like speak now is really just to me, the core quintessential what Taylor Swift, the reason why I gravitate to Taylor Swift, because she writes about heartbreak and naive adolescence so well. And she can capture that memory, even at an age now where we're all like, I mean, not I'm 30 now. Taylor's like my age basically. Mm -hmm. And the fact that she can put together a song like Betty I know that Betty is not the best song on Folklore. Right. However, it is my favorite song. And it's the Teenage Triangle, which Oscar will explain, are my favorite songs on the album, which I believe are set. It's August, Betty, and Cardigan. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. right? And the, but yeah. I love yeah. Seven. So my favorite songs are those, Seven, Invisible String. I didn't love musically or sonically, but the words to me were like, Wow, the most incredibly written song. But so basically to sum it up, for someone that loves Speak Now and loves songs like Hey Steven and loves songs that create an image in my head and tell a story and make me relate to a feeling that I felt so much, whether it's like meeting a guy for the first time, the fact that Betty's written from a male perspective, we can go into this when we get to that song, I guess, but... I loved yeah. folklore so much because I got little bits of Speak Now and quintessential naive adolescence, which I think Taylor Swift does better than anybody yeah. else in the world and is why I love her. Betty sounds like it comes, I know we should probably do this later, but it sounds like it comes straight from Fearless. And for me, uh, if we were going to go and crown our favorite albums, yeah, it would be Speak Now and Red for me. Yeah. And I feel like this is a sort of an adult version of Red. Yeah. Yeah. I love um, it. I agree with you, Ashley, because Betty to me was like my hey, Steven, that I needed right now, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. So, Lauren. Lauren. My thoughts are um, like Ashley. I only listened to it probably full time, four times full all the way through. And I listened to it with the lyrics in front of me. So I know what I'm reading and listening to because it's so fast you like a lot of she's like she's so wordy i'll always remember when she said that like what was it last hour or two albums ago she was like it's so wordy and everyone already knows what i'm saying it's so cool but anyway i love like i'm obsessed with four of the songs and then the other songs are like i guess it's it's too specific for me to like latch on to but I'm, it's a very indie sounding album. I don't think it's indie. I, I think it's like I I think it sounds like a nice folky sort of vibe. And I enjoy that. It's like basically my favorite kind of music. But um, I think it's it's just I want to know what she's saying. And hopefully Oscar can maybe enlighten us on what she's actually saying in these songs. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. Oscar can. Yeah. 
Okay, well, let's start well, with what were your four songs, Lauren? Um, my four songs are Mirrorball, The One, um, Illicit Affairs, and Invisible String. Hey, friends. I know that this year has been especially extremely mentally challenging for a lot of people around the world. And that's why I'm excited to talk to you about a resource that you can use um, if you are feeling that way. It's called BetterHelp and it'll connect you in a safe and private online environment with your own licensed professional therapist. What I love about BetterHelp is that it's not self-help. It's actually professional counseling. You can start communicating with somebody in under 24 hours. Um, I sort of had this day, which I call my quarantine days, you know, where I'm just sort of feeling like I had enough, you know, um, and I just need to get centered again. And that's why I use BetterHelp. And it's just so convenient. You can send a message to your counselor anytime and you get a timely and thoughtful response. Plus, you can actually schedule weekly video or phone sessions. And you can do that all without having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room and do it all from the comfort of your own home. What's great is that they're committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches. So they make it super easy and free to change counselors if you want. Um, another, actually the main reason why I love it so much is that it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available if you are struggling financially, but you really feel like you need to talk to someone. The service is available for clients worldwide. This is not just in the United States and they have counselors who are specialized in so many things from anxiety to stress, relationships, sleeping issues, trauma, grief, family conflicts, anger, self-esteem, you name it. And anything that you share is confidential. So not only is it convenient, professional, and affordable, but if you don't believe me, you can actually check out all the testimonials posted daily on their website. Um, I just have to say this is not a crisis line, but I just want you guys to know that so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are actually recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So if you want to start living a happier life today, as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash get it. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash get it. Okay, well, let's start with the top, the one, which I actually didn't mention in my favorite songs, but to me, it's like the one is just up here as far as like everything you want in a song, most relatable Mm -hmm. to every human walking on this globe. So Oscar, let's start with the one because that's a really powerful song for her to start off with. I feel like she doesn't typically start off with like one of her best Mm -hmm. as number one. Yeah, I think her track ones are always so interesting because they definitely like set the tone and they kind of establish like what the narrative of the album is going to be um so starting with the one oh it's so 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 good and it's funny because i think a lot of people were confused at first about the album because it is kind of like a breakup song and the one is very much like very much a breakup song um and a lot of people were questioning like you know did she break up with joe like what is that about um but I think that she, at her core, like you mentioned earlier, is so good at writing breakup songs and kind of, even if she's not going through the feeling, like we saw it with Death by a Thousand Cuts last album when she wrote it about mm-hmm. a movie, she's so good about picking on these like little details about breakups and moving on and like lost love. And that I think will always be like her best uh, skill set when she's writing about it. So I think that's what she kind of encapsulates in the one. And even though it's not like officially a part of like the love triangle songs, I think it kind of like fits into that narrative as far as like, um, you know, Betty 
if it's from Betty's perspective, because we don't know. She hasn't confirmed denied anything. Well, wait, can you go into that theory? Yeah, so, yeah, I've never heard this love triangle theory. So there's... A teenage love triangle. Yeah, so there's a teenage love triangle uh, that encapsulates, like, the three songs, like we mentioned. And the, those are really the only... Uh, Cardigan, uh, Betty, and August are the only songs that we know pretty much for sure that those are, like, the different perspectives of the love triangle. And everything else, we're kind of just, like, fitting pieces in and figuring it out as we go along. Um, so the one is not... Why do we think they're connected, though? Is there, like, words that roll so, over? Yeah, listen to all three yeah. of the Cardigans. No, I know. Okay. No, I, I know. I know that there are words repeating, but I want the audience to know that... No, it's not words repeating. Signs. What it's is not- it? What's the signs that we would think that these three are somehow connected? I feel like it's obvious. It's, she said... Um, when this became like a thing is when Taylor, when the Cardigan music video was premiering, she was in the comment section responding to fans. Um, and she talked about how she really liked writing from this like teenage love triangle perspective. So Cardigan, she pretty much revealed was part of that. Um, and then you have Betty, which is pretty much really, really it's specific and it talks about like that relationship in particular. And then going into August, it talks of, it's from another, the perspective of the girl that, James cheated on Betty with <laughs> because it's like that summer fling um really short only for a couple months and then it was there's like these hints about like it's a forbidden love like meet me behind the mall which we'll obviously we'll get into um right. so those are the like the love triangle songs and then everything else is kind of like it loosely fits into that but it's not like a specific perspective at all it's kind of like a mix of like these characters and Taylor and everything Right. It's like this little mini movie she just weaved throughout this album. I think that's why I like this album the most, because I think people that really stand Taylor assume that, well, it's not assume is the total incorrect word. I think she's just taken us through chapters of her life and written songs about it. So people maybe want to, I don't know. I think they just gravitate to the fact that the next song she comes out with is exactly how she's feeling right now. And I think we forget she's just an incredible singer-songwriter and she can sort of do whatever she wants and go all over the place and clearly wanted people in quarantine to have something because her her lover fest got canceled. Um, I don't know. I just feel like it's... Do you think, Oscar, that a people... Do you think that there, it's possible that none of this connects and none of it means anything and it's just like random songs that she wanted to write and put together? I think that she, I mean, you guys know that when she was younger, especially, like she was always obsessed with like writing stories. Like she wrote stories before she became a songwriter. So I think that's what she's really experimenting with here. And I, she said before, I think it was Lover, Lover or Reputation, she said specifically like a lot of the times she writes pieces of songs when she's going through something and then she revisits them like later on when she experiences something else. So it's very much like uh, a mishmash of like all these different experiences and different lines that she wrote out at different parts of her life. So I feel like that's probably something that we're getting in folklore, which is different pieces of all these different parts of her life lines that she just like wrote down when she was going through things. And she kind of just put it all together. Mm. Uh, And this is a great opportunity for her to do that because there are no, like she's not after like radio or, um she's pretty much just wanted to make like this kind of cozy album and this is like the perfect opportunity to give us all that all these like amazing lines that she just had stored in her brain and to play with like all the poetry and everything like that so is there um, a person that we think the one is about or it's literally all the guys in her life or maybe it's just for us the fans to listen to and relate to yeah i don't think it's about one specific person for her at all i think it's very much like 
lines that she probably had written. And then when she's writing about like this teenage love triangle and that perspective, like lost love and moving on is probably a lot of that as well. Um, it kind of reminds me a little bit of like, I forgot that you existed. It's kind of like the somber, like I forgot that you existed. Um, just like m- accepting something and moving on. And it's like, this is like the the sad one. And then I forgot that you existed. is like the happy one, like you're out with your friends. And then you come home and cry to the one when you like are feeling emo about oh, it. Yeah. That's kind of the vibe yeah. I got. I- and it's interesting because I forgot that you existed was the first yeah. song on Lover. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. So it's obviously the least autobiographical as far as like what Taylor's living in the moment and the most nostalgic where she's looking back on her past for inspiration. Do you think that a lot of these, well, I mean, like she also admits that a lot of these songs aren't about her. Yeah. Right. And that they're about like other people people and figments of her imagination yeah and i think it's funny too because she's kind of been doing a little bit of that like throughout her entire career but i think she really branded her albums as being like really autobiographical and dictating like the past what what happened in her life between like the album cycles basically and we it's funny that because we were able to like trace that through tabloids and stuff but then now that she you know got a relationship she settled down she doesn't really like being in the media anymore so now that we don't really have anything to go off of, <laughs> like, I feel like we all kind of chase, like, what's going on here? But really, I feel like she probably thinks, like, you know, she's 30, she's settling down with a guy, like, there is no, like, dramatics and all this. So she's writing about rant other people's stories. She, her friends are coming, spilling some tea to her. She's going to write some of that in there. Yeah. And Or past. Yeah, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, or past heartbreaks. Yeah. I'm so here for it. Because it's like as much fun as it is to know that Getaway Car was about a time at the Met Gala. To me, it's like, this is the best Taylor Swift. And I, like, I don't know. This is probably my favorite thing she's come out with since 1989. Yeah, and it's, I know you love, speak, uh, you love Speak Now, too. And Speak Now is a song that she wrote about a friend that was at a wedding for a guy um, that she used to date, too. So she's done this before where she's, like, you know, taking other people's stories and, like, wrote songs about it Yeah. Um, and combined, like, her own life experience. So I feel like that's really what the one and yeah. even the whole album is about with folklore. Yeah, the third person <laughs> yeah. is what she kills. Yeah. What's interesting is that at this point in a lot of artist career is like the turning point for them like kind of losing it like losing their songwriting skill because they're like happy content they're in a relationship like everything in their life is just still and good and that is like less inspirational like you can like literally go back and look at like the great artists Mm -hmm. uh and a lot of the times it's when they like get married, start having kids that like you're like, oh, their their music's mm. suffering now. <laughs> um and Heartbreak I guess Taylor... is the greatest creativity. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And then Taylor is definitely using this time as a, a an opportunity to kind of it, she's doing it well. Like she's able to channel other people and past experiences better than a lot. Well, yeah. which just, you know, shows yeah. how talented she is. Just for the sake of having fun, can we speculate who the one would be about? Who do we think is the, the one that she would have had the most fun with if she didn't end up with Joe? I'll always say Harry Styles. <laughs> Me too. I'm so glad you said that. I just I'm fucking so love Harry Styles. I fucking love Harry Styles. And I love Taylor Swift. And I would have loved for them to be together. 
Haler was a beautiful time. I was literally thinking about this last night as I went to sleep. I love Haler. I loved them together. It was short. It was sweet. We saw the little pics of them here and there across the globe. It gave me, Haler really was a moment. It gave me everything I needed. It gave us 1989. Oh my God. Harry wrote some songs about her as well. Oh, it was a beautiful time in history. And I will always go back to Haler. No offense to Joe Alwyn, but yeah, for me too, the one in my dream would be a little bit about Harry Styles. Okay, fun. Cool. All right, let's move on to Cardigan. Okay, so yeah, let's talk about Cardigan because you touched obviously the first thing that we hear that's Teenage Triangle. So sort of just, yeah, explain the song to us and what you know about it. Yeah, so first of all, I love the fact with Cardigan, this is why I was like, I should have known Miss Thing was up something because the beginning of Cardigan kind of sounds like um, the beginning of Christmas Tree Farm or Christmas song that she just did, um, where it's like very like jazzy, soulful, um, kind of like smoky a little bit. Um, so the second I heard Cardigan, it reminded me of Christmas Tree Farm and I was like, I, I should have known, I should have known she was up to something. Um, and also, I love the fact that I think she chose Cardigan because she was able to give Cardigans out as like promo. And that was also genius because all the girlies had little Cardigans. I got a Cardigan, which I don't know how that happened. Um, <laughs> oh. I don't know. I don't know how I'm still on the PR she list, but I'm happy you. for it. <laughs> I'm so happy for it. Um, but Cardigan is a song that grew on me a bit. It took me a second because um, it's so poetic and there's so many details in there. But basically what Cardigan is about um, is from Betty's perspective, which is um, the girl who got cheated on um, by her boyfriend or girlfriend. We don't even know that. And um, it's pretty much this perspective of like, you know, you did what you did. You cheated on me, but you love me. And I knew that you would come back here like begging to take me back, but you're just like a little boy and you can't grow up. Um, and it's very that. It's it's very, she's like looking back on like the good parts of the relationship. But at the same time, she's putting this man in it, or woman in their place, um, letting him know like, you messed up and you got a lot of growing up to do before you can come back to me. I My question to you then is, because because you know my favorite song's Betty. I thought Betty was told from the male perspective, but you're absolutely correct. We don't know male, female, non-binary. We don't know. Yeah. But yeah. but in in any case, whatever it is, why do you, we all know that sometimes Taylor is very strategic with what number song she puts? I, I feel like all her number fives right have some some type of similarity. Yeah. So why would she put Cardigan before way 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 before Betty? Like, it just doesn't make sense in my head. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Good question. Yeah, that makes sense. I think it plays well off the one because it's kind of a similar... It's kind of a similar vibe where it's like we could have been something and there was, like, potential there. But then you... This, for whatever reason, the stars didn't lie and, like, you did what you did and it kind of fell apart. But at the end of the day, like, I will still, like, have love for you and, kind of, and what you did for me was really, really special. But... Like, this isn't going to work because you have a lot of growing up to do, but I still have love for you. So I feel like maybe that's why the energy is, like, right. kind of similar. Was it my favorite song out of the Teenage Triangle? It's my least favorite out of the three. But the line where she says, you put me on like a cardigan and said I was your favorite, I was like, oh. That's good. There's so many She's amazing so lines in here. So <laughs> many. I think my favorite line is uh, okay. There's so many little good ones, but I think um, try to change the ending. Peter losing Wendy was that one. Was, I think was like the first line that like really like killed me. But also like you drew stars around my scars, but now I'm bleeding because it's like the, it was so good. Like you were such a good part of my life. Like I loved our relationship, but now like you hurt me. 
And it's like, how can I undo like that pain? Oh, uh, she's really snapped. Shakespeare, Shakespeare honestly could never like period. Like (laughs) I stand by that. Shakespeare is lucky he doesn't have to compete with Miss Taylor Swift because it's insane. (laughs) There's a lot of people saying that it's told from the perspective of the sweater as if the sweater is the one singing. Oh, I don't know about that. I think, I mean, there really is no right or wrong answer. I will say that, but that's not my opinion. I, I do, I do think it's the perspective of Bet, quote unquote Betty, the girl who you know was cheated on by her partner, and it's kind of like this sad love song, breakup song. Like it, yeah. it, that's what I think. That's the, I think that's what makes folklore like so mature. Is that like all the songs are like not breakup songs or love songs so like the gray like it's not black or white it's like there's love and there's heartbreak combined and that's why it's so complex it's a complex feeling it's what i say all the time it's like when you're heartbroken you're just like i hate this person i never want to hear from them again please never call me and in the same moment in the same feeling you're like i really hope that they call me and so that's but i think you're both right i think what taylor personifies the cardigan but also like it's betty speaking as if she's this cardigan but um okay last great american dynasty which you know it's for me it's special because it is about her house in rhode island and jared and i when we saw the house that is next to her house in rhode island it's called ocean house and it's all on watch hill and it is this mystical it is truly like a 1940s fairy tale location it's so perfect um when you pull up you like feel like you're in an old movie and uh when you go to ocean house i mean spoiler alert it's not it's not a huge it's not like a huge infringement on her privacy but if you go to this hotel it's old awesome looking yellow victorian hotel right on the ocean taylor's house is right there to the right um up on a cliff and it was the place that Jared and I first saw that we considered getting married at. And it was always a second location for us um, that we wanted to do something at, whether it was with our bridal party or whether it was the rehearsal dinner. And it just didn't work out. It's kind of like the one that got away as far as like wedding things for me. And I know this is so personal and nobody else is going to give a crap. No, people but, care about what, yeah. what it means to you. It was the one. <laughs> yeah um but that's it's really cool like being at that place and having been there like a number of times and then seeing what she's singing about in the person who lived there i normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting but skims has changed that you know i love skims underwear so i finally tried their bras and skims has delivered again Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. 
A new year is a new chance to focus on you. You're probably already picturing yourself struggling at the gym, but not all self-help has to mean suffering. Squeeze.com is making it easier than ever to elevate your wellness by delivering a juice cleanse right to your doorstep. It's the easiest juice cleanse you'll ever do that may aid in weight loss, eliminating bloating, clearing your skin, boosting your energy levels, improving sleep, and breaking bad eating habits. Meet all your health goals from the comfort of your home. Get free same-day local delivery or fast free delivery nationwide with code WONDERY today at squeezed.com. What is The Last American Dynasty about, Oscar? <laughs> Which uh, he probably should have gone into the description before I went into all of that. Well, now it's no. cool to know how you feel about it. And yeah, I think that's really interesting. About. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. Especially because, like, at first the song going into it blind, like literally just going, listening to it and not knowing what everything was about too. Like you have context to it. I was kind of like confused about like who Rebecca was. I like, at first I was like, is Rebecca like supposed to be Taylor? I didn't like, I was so confused going into it. It was um, really cool for me because like, I, wait, when can you I explain heard what I- it is? Cause I don't know no, what no, it's about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But when I heard Rhode Island, obviously my ears perked up. And then at the end of listening to the song for the first time, I was like, oh, wow, that's about a Rhode Island house. And it was just cool that, like, I knew it right off the bat just yeah. listening to the lyrics. But a lot of other people, of course, had to look it up, which totally makes sense. Yeah, like, I think having that personal experience with the song is so interesting. And it, it's funny, like, seeing um, people, like, on Twitter, people who know the place, like, firsthand, like, explaining it, too. I think that's how people, like, figured it out. But, yeah, she wrote it about the woman who she bought her Rhode Island house from. Um, And the parallels between, like, uh, Rebecca's uh, life and the parallels between Taylor's life. Um, In the house. And just, like, in in reputation, quote-unquote reputation as well, just the fact that um, Rebecca was kind of labeled... the maddest woman this town has ever seen uh, and sh- that she ruined everything that she ruined the, uh, what the, like the class of like the town basically, but just by having parties and being loud and not being like a traditional, not being the traditional woman role. Um, and obviously we know that Taylor's like obsessed with that as well. Like breaking the traditional gender stereotypes and gender roles too. Um, that's why I love that it kind of has like blank space vibes a little bit as far as like I had a marvelous time ruining everything like at the end in the outro when she switches it from she had a marvelous time to I had a marvelous time because she took it over and she's like kind of she's doing the same thing that Rebecca did. I think that's so interesting. I love just like the parallels between Taylor's life and Rebecca's life. Um, oh, it's so interesting. It's that's why Asha like I'm jealous of you that you like have the experience with it. Too. It makes that that must make the song so much more like interesting yeah i actually just on first listen i was like okay next you know what i mean like it's cool yeah. that if you have that personal experience you know about her house in rhode island it, it like means so much more that's genius do you what is it what is it about taylor who just thinks that the public thinks that she's this mad woman because like yeah i think of her as <laughs> very even keeled very normal is she She's so ruined by the couple experiences where the public or like fans or whatever turn on her for a split second. It really cut her deep. It, I, yeah, I think it's she's probably, I think before the whole thing happened with Kanye and Kim, like she just, and you kind of see it in Miss Americana too, like she, she talks about it where it's like, she valued so much other people's opinions of her and she just wanted so much to be like the agreeable girl that 
no one could really say anything bad about. And she just wanted to be like, almost like a, a doll almost where it's like, she agreed with everything that she had to agree with. You know, she was sweet. She was always nice. She was always polite, listened to everything that people told her to do. But then after that, that has to be like so scarring for someone who valued being liked more than anything, you know, so that all of a sudden have people hate you and want to like cancel you. Um, and then obviously like we see it with like blank space. That was like kind of the beginnings of it too, where she mm-hmm. was playing that role. But even like going back to like picture to burn on the first album, like she's always had fun, like playing into that role of being like the bad crazy girl. And then obviously with reputation, it hit like an insane level. Um, but I think that even no matter how much she grows up and how far she comes past that, like there'll always be a part of her where she's like, that's why she doesn't really play the game anymore because she played it and like lost in a way. And she was just labeled like crazy um, and like a liar and a snake. So I think she'll always yeah. go back to that. Yeah. She also had so much success so early on and she's managed to reinvent herself every single album that it's like, it's it must be so daunting to have to outdo your own self every year you saw in miss americana when she didn't get nominated for reputation my heart dropped when her when she was so upset she started crying and she got the phone call because i'm such a perfectionist and i was like oh my god that must be debilitating for her like to put your heart into it and always you know what i mean just always have to Mm -hmm. outdo yourself that seems so Mm -hmm. miserable how are the album sales on this it's it's um it's under lover i think it was it was like eight almost 840,000. So it was only 40,000 under lover and without like any promotion or like mm-hmm. singles or pre-roll out. Like, it's really, really good. It's the, the best selling album since lover and it's the best selling album of the year. Oh, wow. um, and it broke a ton of records. Yeah. It made her the first artist to debut an album on the top 200 and a single on the top 100. She's the first artist in history to do that. And no, um, it was wow. literally and word of mouth. Like you woke up one morning, your friends <laughs> told you it was coming out, nothing was out there. And then it's like, boom, you got it. You listen to it a million times and that's it. It's Taylor. I love yeah. that. I love when artists do that. Yeah. It's, it's what, so fun. What's her highest selling album? I think it's still 1989. I think rightfully yeah. so. Rightfully so. That's what I figured. Yeah. Yeah. It was that a really perfect mix of level. pop, but Taylor, you know? Yeah. That was great. Okay. Exile. Let's talk about Exile because I was at, Love. I, I was like, wow, I can't believe she did a song with Bonnie Vare. That's her first song with him, right? Yeah. It's her first song with him. And it's I, she's been a fan of his for a while, too. Um, but yeah. It's kind of interesting because when she does, like, she makes this alternative album. I think Bonnie Vare is, like, such... He's, like, the poster child, I feel like, of alternative... Right. Of this style of music. So it's funny that she went um, with him for Exile. But what is... This song is... This song grew had to grow on me a little bit just because it is, like, it's so yeah. heavy. Um, but I think the... It's going to be her next single as well um, oh. after Cardigan. Yeah. So it's, I just, it's really heavy. It's really, she, well, Bonnie Bear's yeah, on it. It makes sense. Yeah. I get it. But how does Oscar know like what her single is going to be after Girl, she's this got one a lot of, She's doing the most for the single. So Exile is her next main single. And then um, Betty is going to be a country music single. Shut That's, the fuck up yeah so i was not thinking singles. my favorite song she'd do something wait so 
Oh my God, I'm so fucking happy right now. That's amazing. Yeah. So that one's going to country radio. So she's busy. She's just feeding all the girls. <laughs> that just um, solidified my love for Betty because I feel like most people, it's not their favorite. And that just made me feel really smart. <laughs> <laughs> the tape. Yeah, that's what's funny because, like, with Exile 2, like, it's not, I didn't honestly didn't see it, like, as a single uh-huh. song. Like, obviously, with Bon Iver, like, that's huge. Um, cause he, but it, yeah, I don't know. It didn't, like, strike me as a single song. It's kind of like, um, what's the one yeah, she did with? One? Who was that with? From yeah. Red. Um, um, what was that? Fuck. Yeah. It was so obvious. Was was right. she the always, last there time. Was one oh, Gary Lightbody. Then there was. She always picks uh, an iconic last, person like this. 1989 was somebody else iconic with with one yeah, syllable Imogen, name. Imogen Heap. And then Gary Lightbody. The last time. The last yeah. time, yes. Yeah, yes, okay, yes. Yeah. The last time with Gary Lightbody. It kind of has that kind of vibe where it's... Uh, That's both what I start, thought of. Yeah, like they're both starting with uh, the guy and then it's like really dark and heavy and like ponderous. Um, and like the exchange like back and forth I think is really interesting. Um I but love yeah, I the sound of this song. This yeah, song really is like this. so dramatic and like there's so much feeling behind it. Yeah. And I like the back and like once they start going mm-hmm. back and forth with it's each like other. It's like a Broadway show. <sighs> Crazy. It's like you're yeah, standing behind so him theatrical. and then you're singing and then you're singing. I yeah. need Literally. to give this one a second or not a second, but like another listen um, because you guys like it so much. I didn't take to it and I was bummed because I love, really? I love Bond. Yeah. yeah. It, wasn't one, my, it wasn't one that I wanted to play again, you know? Yeah. Oh, I, it's I, one that I get excited when it comes on. Oh, really? So yeah, that's all like, oh, this one. That's actually the next one on the album, which I didn't even mention was my favorite, but is one of my complete favorites. And it's uh, My Tears Ricochet. That's like one that I play over and over and over Same. again. Yeah, I literally the same. Exile is one that if I skip any, I skip Exile probably just because it is like so, it's just heavier. Um, it's not one that, it's probably my least favorite on Folklore, but it's not really saying much because I think all of them are like my number one or two and then Exile. <laughs> um, <laughs> so if we're going to go, are we going to go to My Tears Ricochet? Because every time I listen to this, I think... I need. I don't understand what's happening. I love it. I don't understand. Thank you, Lauren. I love it, but Ugh. I don't know whose funeral am I at. Let tell me, me tell you, because this. But you guys admit it's like so musical. Oh, I, I love right. it, but it's, I feel right? I feel okay, okay. I feel dumb when I listen to it because I don't understand what's yeah, happening. Yeah, me too. I can't okay. figure it out. Okay. I'm like, wait a second. She. It's just a classic. Like he loves her, hates her. Type okay, of wait. Let Oscar talk. Okay. So. Okay. What's interesting about this is, like we said, mentioned before, the precursor, like it could be a, a combination of like a lot of different people, experiences, feelings. But this one is really, really pointed at a Scott Borchetta and with the Scooter Braun situation. Okay. Um, yeah. Because there's a lot of lines that kind of point to the betrayal that she felt with Scott Borchetta's deal with going to Scooter. Um, and... It's kind of funny because at first you do, there is like a lot of uh, talk about like love and relationship, but she doesn't specify like what kind of love or mm-hmm. relationship that was. Like this could be very much like, you know, they, she's been with them since she was like, what, like a teenager. So it was a guy, a man that she really trusted, like a mentor. Um, it was a partnership, a business partnership, but there was still like a lot of love there. So there's a lot of the little lines that like point to it. Um, so in the beginning, like, if I'm on fire, you'll be made of ashes too, because she lit up every, like the second she caught wind what scott was doing she exposed it she had the stands like go after them she was like okay well if i'm if this is going to be taken away from me then 
girl, we're going to go down Wait, flames, you, period. Like, we'll cause a before mess. Before we get super deep in it, can you just do like a small synopsis of what actually happened between them? Oh, yeah. So with the Scott Borchetta, Scott Borchetta um, owns Big Machine Records, and that was Taylor Swift's record label. I think she was one, she signed with him right off the bat. Um, that was where she released uh, her debut album, uh, Going Up Into Reputation. Um, and he discovered her back in Nashville when she was like performing at, uh, at a bar. So she grew up with him. They were, they went up together basically. Cause it's not like Scott had, um, any other big name talent on the record label. It was a small record label that they built up together and they built this legacy up together. Um, but then Taylor ended up leaving Big Machine, um, and going with Republic Records and with, that deal, Scott Borchetta ended up selling her masters to Scooter Braun, right. who she has like a lot of history with. Okay. Um, and she thought of it, I guess, the big betrayal, basically, because this is a man that, you know, she grew up with and like she trusted. She like helped build up his company and then having like her life's work basically be right. sold. And, and like, her reasoning to leave in leaving him was what? Um, basically she wanted to own the, she wanted to own her music and the only way that the, allegedly, the only way that she would be able to get her masters back is if she, for every new album she released under Big Machine Records, she would get, uh, the rights to another album back, basically. And so isn't, can you just, since we're on this topic, explain to everybody listening how she has to re-record all her original songs, right, Oscar, to then own them again? Yeah, so she is basically going to re-record and re-release um, her discography from debut to reputation. Um, we don't know when. Oh, November is when she can start. November of this year is when she can start recording um, her old work. But basically, by doing that, it makes the other albums like Null and Void, basically, because who wouldn't you rather like listen to new, better versions of old Taylor Swift songs than... Where now that she sounds so much better, she's worked yeah. so much on her voice. Yeah. Like, um, it'll probably be produced like a little bit better as well. Like, yeah. the thought of like going listening to her old music sounding a million times better than going back and listening right. to it. It's like, like the watching old stuff. the remastered version of Little Mermaid. Like, we want the remastered. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Who wants the VHS? Who yeah. wants the VHS? But like, also, like, amazing. Thank you for explaining all that. Amazing on Taylor for using the word ricochet so, so yeah. eloquently in a song title and in a song like I would yeah. never think but I was like wow you can so see like a tear falling and ricocheting yeah I like it oh that's yeah. song visual. so good so so good yeah the thought of it like you know flying all like her basically her sadness like flying all the way around and affecting so many different people and cause, kind of causing like this domino effect like, you I know? just I'm looking what, at the Lauren? lyrics and duh you hear my stolen lullabies yeah. Oh. There it is. That so, makes so much sense. And like Oscar um, dropping I'm, that knowledge. Yeah. And there's so many fun, like little lines that are just so like pointed. It's so good. Like, if I'm dead to you, why are you at the yeah. wake? So, like, if, you're, if we're done, you're moving on, then why are you still, you know, dealing with my music? Why are you still trying to make a dollar off of me, basically? Right. Um, you wear the same jewels that I gave you as you bury me. So, you know, she moved uh, record labels and they, scooter and scott like had it released a joint statement like uh saying all this stuff about taylor how she could have bought them but she didn't and she was throwing a fit blah 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 blah. but then they keep like re-releasing old things that she recorded uh still trying to like make money and still trying to you know ride off her coattails even though 
like you dragged me through the mud and you're still trying to release my old recordings that I did in 2008 and just re-release them and make more money off of me. So there's so many little things. So wow, good. It's so good. Okay, so I'm, good. I'm actually going to enjoy the song more now knowing this because I couldn't figure it out. Yeah, I think knowing it definitely helps too because it just gives context and like, because she, it could be about like, I mean, it could be about like an ex, like, uh, partner or it could be about like a business partner or a friend it could be about anything but i love the ending too where she um what does she say uh, oh and so the battleships yes. will sink beneath the waves like she that is so it reminds me a little bit of reputation where she's like okay like if you want to do this if you want to go to war bitch be ready because we both gonna if, if you're taking me down i'm taking mm-hmm. you down with you period well, like i love it i love a scorn taylor like it's just uh, it's it reminds me of what me. i love the most it reminds uh-huh. me of like I like I like uh, mean is one of my related to like somebody that business wise you just can't stand. Yeah. Oh, now I have to listen to mean. Can we take a break? <laughs> <laughs> when she performed it at the Grammys at the banjos, I think it or VMA. Yes. Oh my little, god, like, one braid. of my all time favorite performances. Okay, let's move on to one of Lauren and Ashley's favorites, Mirrorball. I it's I'm also one, one I really really enjoy. I think after my top five, you know, I'm like okay, Mirrorball, mm-hmm. and also I just love disco balls so i've been thinking about getting like a moon disco ball tattoo i'm always like oh this could be a cool tattoo or but it just ends up being a caption under a photo that i'll probably (laughs) probably be in with a disco ball but what's mirror ball about oh i think so mirror ball i think is very much like taylor reflecting about herself and her career basically like being an entertainer um and again, this kind of you kind of get context in like Miss Americana, where she talks about you know people's like fascination with her and like feeling that she has to. I think you guys saw Miss Americana, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think this what this reminds me of is like the when they're filming her at the meet and greets, and she's like doing her best to like be as engaged with each individual person, but then like in between, you can see that she's like a little tired. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that they like shoot that raw, like they don't have. I think before when Taylor like promoted meet and greets, like it was always so, she was so high energy about it when she was younger and she would do like the 13 hour meet and greets and she was like all about it. But you can see like in between that, she kind of gets a little tired just because she does have like, she takes on so much energy and so much emotion with each person she meets. So that's what like kind of mirror ball is about to me where she's like, um, I'll stand on my tallest tiptoes shining just for you. Um, So she like, will be a reflection of whatever, the people under her give basically like if you come to her concert and you are heartbroken her music reflects that if you come and you're like happy and in love like her music reflects that too um, i love amazing. it that makes so this much amazing analysis because again i love the sound of this song and i love some of the lyrics but i couldn't figure out like if she was talking about herself or a guy and i guess my problem is i'm always thinking she's thinking about a guy. she yeah. probably isn't anymore no, yeah, she's like, so I, much more mature now. Yeah. It's like yeah. she's grown up and and there's so many things that have happened to her that she wants to put out and put into her music. And I think like towards the end too is when you really get that. And it's kind of, it's really bittersweet too because you kind of see like even though she's the Taylor Swift, like I would die for her in two seconds. Like she still has these moments of like where she doubts herself a little bit where she's like, I'm still a believer and I don't know why. I've never been a natural. All I do is try, mm-hmm. try, try, which I think really... Aww sums up like uh the beginning parts of her career too where she like really like we said earlier just put on such a show to like be agreeable and be likable have everyone like her um i'm still on that trap use i'm still trying to trying everything to keep you looking at me which i think is talks a lot about um 
especially women in the music industry who always have to like have pressure to like reinvent mm-hmm. themselves and to dress yeah. up and have the outfits and choreography. And men yeah. can literally just stay the same. Yeah. And no one thinks anything of it. No. Um, it's insane. Yeah. I do want so, to mention this it. is the first song out of the next, I think, five that were she did with Jack Antonoff. I just feel like that's relevant to share because sometimes I, I like notice when Jack's worked on a song with her. Yeah. Now that he has for so long as opposed to when he hasn't. Mm. Yeah. There was one song. Very I think it. What was it? It was. Was, did, was it hoax? Did, was, did he write hoax? I don't know who wrote on hoax. I can Google it. I think. I just know that from Mirrorball 7 August, This Is Me Trying, and Illicit Affairs, which are the next five we're talking about, it it was her and Jack. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Seven was not. Seven was not Jack. Oh, yeah. Seven was Aaron Dessner. Okay, let's talk about Seven, though. So Seven doesn't... I don't feel Seven. I can skip Seven. Seven, to me, is just... It may even be better than August. I love seven is one of one of the ones that it's so it's kind of confusing at first unless you like really like listen and look at it and then even then like it's still kind of confusing now I know that a lot of fans have taken it as um kind of like like a queer song almost because it it's like when you're young and you kind of have feelings for your friend basically but you don't really know what those feelings are like you just know like you really love this person or it, that's kind of like what it encapsulates. So a lot of fans think like uh, it's kind of like a girl having a crush on her like friend um, who's also a girl, which I think it's really interesting too. Because and that's and all the ones about the love triangle too, all the love triangle songs. Like it's not really clear if it's uh, you know if it's a homosexual relationship or a heterosexual mm-hmm. relationship, which I think is interesting. Right. But there is a line where she talks about. Um, uh, you don't have to hide in the closet. So I think that's where a lot of people are getting so like that true. imagery. Being, you know what? Yeah. I think completely opposite. I think completely opposite. I think people, that's just what sort of the narrative's been ever since like her and the Carly Kloss thing came to light a couple years ago. And I personally, Oscar, I feel like a lot of people maybe assume that. To me, I felt like this song was her being a little girl having a friend that maybe doesn't have a great family life. Your dad is always mad and that must be why, or I think your house is haunted. Your dad's always mad and that must be why. And her not realizing when she was little, like how shitty it was for this experience, like for her friend where she says like the greatest part of the song, please picture me in the weeds before I learned civility. I used to scream ferociously anytime I wanted. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you too. Like, I mean, that's again, that's what's so interesting about it is it can be interpreted like any way. Initially, like, I think my interpretation probably lies more uh, with yours too. Like, it's pretty much just looking back um, at this like nostalgic, like childhood time. And I think, again, like, there's kind of like a theme she's talked about before, like, um, innocent or never grow Mm -hmm. up, you know, where it's like Mm -hmm. when uh, just being young and having that innocence before, like, before you lose it, basically. and it kind of just encapsulates that and uh that friendship too like being an escape for her friend who doesn't have like the same upbringing as she does um it's it's one of my favorite songs too like it took me a second to understand but sonically too like the beginning of it oh this song so per- pretty it doesn't even so sound pretty. like taylor i thought it was no. somebody else singing i don't know i don't know who not lana but i mean we all hear lana a lot in this album don't we yeah because it's yeah. very yeah 
very a la a la a la Lana. Yeah. It's definitely autobiographical, though, with the trees being the Christmas tree farm, I would say, and then Pennsylvania, yeah. because that's yeah. where she lived right. before now. I love the haunted right. reference. Yeah. Um, speaking of the haunted reference, there is a lot of, I think that word has been thrown around a couple t- in a couple songs on this album, and it kept making me, like, throwing me back to haunted on uh, the Speak Now album. Yeah. And I was like, I wonder if there's like any sort of connection she's trying to make, or am I looking too into it? I'm. St- I think. Yeah, I feel like it's probably just a like coincidence because she does like re- use a lot of the similar words in her writing. Mm-hmm. But I know, I forgot where she said this. Like last, for the last album too, I think she knew that a lot of the fans really loved "Speak Now." Like on Tumblr, she liked a lot of posts about people um, still standing like "Speak Now" and that being like people thinking that's her best album because she wrote it herself well it is uh, it is yeah yeah <laughs> it, it is so she's seen like a lot of people like all that response there, that, that's um, not an argument no i'm just kidding. so i think i kind of think she had some of that speak now vibe, bro if but, she yeah. gave me a whole album like this that was like more like a shit ton of bettys and augustes and sevens i think i would cream um, because August is very also again quintessential Taylor like vibes of Speak Now some 1989 vibes a little more mature but like August Ashley Lauren you guys have to love August right or no, no. August is my favorite oh it is yay yeah. it's uh, my very favorite it's so funny because people say August the month is the Sunday of summer summer so i kept thinking about that line when listening to this song Uh, i love that yeah that is very much vibe yeah 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 just about being like pretty much the end and just having to accept that it's coming to an end yeah like this sipped away like a bottle of wine because you were never mine who's this song about this one is just to me the most personal i feel like all of my little romances before I met Jared were very August based. Um, and there's this one line, hold on, I have to type it in. You, you can talk, right, Oscar, now tell us about this. And I know it's part of this love triangle with the teenagers that you were saying in that theory, but I also feel like it's very, um, very much to me, possibly in my head about John Mayer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it could be. I oh, mean, yeah, that's listen, interesting. Nothing's out of, nothing's not possible, I feel like. Yeah, and I definitely, like, it does fit, I guess, fit into, like, the love triangle narrative. But there are also lines where it's, like, she talks about, like, drinking and stuff. And it does feel like a very, like, mature relationship, too. Um, so I feel like it's one of those ones where it's, again, like, just has a whole bunch of lines from, like, different relationships and different experiences with different people. And then combine into tell like the story yeah. of the character you're so right like ashley it's literally like this could very well be about john mayer like a past love like harry like wanting was enough back when yeah. we were changing for the better but then she sort of misdirects us and throws us a curveball when she says and say meet me behind the mall and makes it about that, young love again you know yeah, what i'm well, saying you call that me when one, you get back to I school kind of think- yeah. yeah, yeah. I kind of ignore that line for my own personal benefit. Because <laughs> you part. wanted it to be about John. <laughs> no, for my own like relation to it, I can't relate to the mall part, but I can relate in some way to almost every other line. And there is just something about um, like just for the hope of it all. And I feel like that's like always my thing. It's yeah. like I could honestly live back then in my early twenties for the hope of it all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
But even now, not even in your early 20s, Ashley. She, and she also says things like, and then cancel my plans just in case you oh, call. Oh, cancel my plans. Yeah. I mean, exactly. come on. That's that all line. of us right now. That's like yeah. all of us yeah. waiting. And it's like, well, I don't want to go to lunch. What if he texts me or she yeah. texts me or they text me, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ugh, August is so, so good. Yeah, it's probably my, f- it's one of my top three, top three for sure. Yeah. My favorite's coming up. But it's it- so good. And oh it's funny so many people like on Twitter, like a lot of the celebrities who've been like standing folklore all go to August. And when it was August 1st, everyone was sweet in August. I'd love to see, i love to see yeah. Miss Taylor come through. It kind of reminds me of the song Strawberry, Strawberry Wine by Dina Carter. Does everyone know that or just Ashley and I knows that? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> are you talking about watermelon <laughs> sugar? What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, I remember hearing that on a commercial. Yeah. Wait, Ashley, yeah. sing it? I the don't hot know July it. moon. I love the no? Zoom delay. I'm not picking it up, but I will listen. <laughs> okay, got it. Wow. Okay. But that was great, guys. I like that. <laughs> but can we, like, if it fitting into, like, the love triangle narrative, though, I have to say, like, this poor girl, the fact that, like, we go into Betty where they're saying, like, oh, it meant, there was just a summer fling. It meant nothing. And then to this girl, it's like, it was everything to me. I was like waiting for you to call. I was canceling plans. Meet me behind the mall. Like the trifling person who was cheating. And then this poor girl who like this was her summer fling was everything to her. And it meant nothing to the other person. Hmm. In that, Wait, so you you're in that way. So, okay. So Cardigan's the girl that gets cheated on by the person who's singing Betty to the, mm-hmm. to the person speaking in Cardigan. So this song, August, is the third the, uh, person in this relationship yeah. that's hooking up with the person that's singing Betty. The side right? chick, yeah. The side mm-hmm. piece. Side yes. It all makes sense now. Um, and, but it's just so sad, though, the fact that, like, from their perspective, it, like, meant everything in the world that little summer fling this, they had so much hope for it i just have to person- call out this one oh no sorry the the line i want to say I wrote down for the next song just kidding <laughs> <laughs> all right well let's move on to the next song okay this is me trying i sonically did not take to this song i love it i it just wasn't it's, again not one that i'd repeat but the line that says you're a flashback in a film reel on the one screen in my town if there was any other line made for a tattoo written by Taylor Swift, it is that line. You are your flashback in a film reel on the one screen in my town. Stunning. Sasha, the <laughs> lyrics in this is album one. is so really good. good. It's so good. And a lot of the, like, some of the words kind of remind me of, like, her, um, or, first of all, the sound sonically kind of reminds me of, like, Afterglow on Lover. Um, and it's kind of similar because I talk about uh, taking like responsibility for like her part and whatever problems they're having in the relationship. Um, but also, uh, at the shiniest wheels now they're resting. It's like bad blood, um, where she also t- similar like imagery. What um, is this song about, Oscar? Basically, I mean, this is another one where it's like it's hard to know like where it fits in like what it's about really so it's really very much like oh for interpretation but say if it is from taylor's perspective and not like a fictional character then if it's from her perspective it's like uh pretty much taking responsibility for her part in the problems that she's having in the relationship and um wanting to just like 
fix, basically wanting to make amends and get over whatever hump that they're dealing with and continue the relationship. And it's hard. This is her, this is her trying. Like, this is her, like, literally putting in the effort. And, and when I like, hear okay, that, like, I go, you want me to show me up. Try- oh, Mrs. Is me was the song in Encha- and Enchanted. This is me. Yeah, this oh, is, this me, is no, that's me crying yeah. out. This is me yeah. crying out. Okay. And it's almost like, I read this too. It's like, I don't know, um, with, like, on 1989, like, I wish you would. It's kind of like, this is, like, the other oh, perspective. I wish you like, would. Yeah. So, like, oh. one perspective, I wish you would do this. And another, oh, this is me doing it. This it's is like me the, trying. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So, it's kind of like a reflection of that. And similar words with, like, the flashbacks. Memories. Um, and the driving. Yeah. Right. Well, the next song, I don't know if you guys have any more to say about that one, but I know that so many people are obsessed with illicit affairs. Lauren, you oh, are, right? so good. <laughs> I'm, Why do you love it so much? Um, I suppose I love it because I was in an illicit affair. Oh. <laughs> which which of all of them? <gasps> oh my no, god! I know which Did one you're talking just about. drop something? No, no, no. I know which one she's talking about. Um, okay, continue. <laughs> this is the paradise. Lo- this is the paradise. Lauren. I want the Lauren Easter egg. <laughs> the Lauren I'm just kidding. Easter I already egg. know I'm it. You don't have to share it. Okay. So illicit affairs. What's it about? This is it had, took a second for illicit affairs to grow on me too, but now it's like one of my favorites. It's like God tier on the album. It's so good. Um, it, again, don't really know where it fits into like the narrative. It kind of fits in with like similar to August being like the other woman, um, where you're the other woman in an affair, and she's giving listening like all these little details about it, uh, about the affair and what it's like to live like that and at first it's really new and exciting and like hot but then it definitely loses that after a while then you just like feel sad about it because it feels like there's a an expiration date on it basically because they feel like you can't really go on forever um and it kind of builds up to the bridge just being like upset and uh with the person who's doing the cheating um and when the bridge this is one of my favorite bridge too like don't call me kid don't call me baby like Mm -hmm. don't patronize me you know what you're doing like take responsibility for it and it's fucked up what we're doing and then but you know damn well i would ruin myself so she's like basically the guy or the person is just has all the power um and she feels helpless because like that she just has so much emotion for them right but also like the high that she's getting off the affair she like knows isn't as strong as like the depression she's getting from the affair mm-hmm. and the this is also the one like which is always affairs. the case right like, yeah like, yeah um and it's like the cons outweigh the pros <sighs> the all the little details of the word choice like and this thing really went in <laughs> clandestine meetings and longing stares what does clandestine mean, mean? <laughs> should we? I actually should look it up because I don't know. I'll look, look it up right up. now. Look Let's it up. See. Yeah, Clan- we need a definition. Can you spell it? Clandestine. Clan- okay, I got it. Clandestine. Kept. It's an adjective. Kept secret or done secretively, especially because illicit. Well, there you go. Oh, oh my god! How did? Where did she get come up with that one? I don't know where she. <laughs> Guys, it's not that far out for Taylor to have an extended vocabulary. <laughs> But also the other word, I forgot about this, a dwindling mercurial high. Mercurial, girl, who would put mercurial in a song other than Taylor Swift? I, miss, mercurial, mercurial means, that's a word. let's see, mercurial is also an adjective of a person 
of a person subject to sudden or unpredictable changes of mood or mind. So to have a mercurial temperament. So it's kind of like temperamental, capricious, you know, changing. Look at that. Miss the vocabulary. I mean, she's teaching the girls. She's like, let's fix the Stanley and go like, let's give you some new words for your vocabulary. I love that. She loves to Clandestine is the most school. Google word of this week. Probably. Is it? Yeah, I, I thought so, that yeah. you were going to say that was no, a fact. I wish. I'm sure it is. <laughs> I would yeah, believe I'm it. Sure. That's a great. That's a great adjective, guys. Used in a sentence. She deserved better than these clandestine meetings. Period. I'm going to have a clandestine meeting. So, that's is secret. there any? I love it. I'm sure I'm delayed. Right. There's a lot Can of clandestine things going on with celebrities oh. in 2020. Oh, um, is there any person that this is about? I don't think this is, I get, again, I keep saying this, but I feel like, again, it's probably like a mishmash because she, um, it does kind of fit into the, like the teenage love triangle narrative, but let's not forget one of my favorite deluxe tracks, Girl at Home on Red, Don't Look at Me, You Got a Girl Home, and everyone, everybody knows that, everybody knows that, um, when she said, uh, it might be, what is she, I might go with it if I hadn't once been just like her. So she's been the girl that's been cheated on. Um, she says in that song that she's never been on the other side of it because she knows what it's like to be cheated on. So I think that's where she came up with a lot of it too. It's like, she knows, um, she's had experience with like oh, Camilla Bell. Let's not forget about that. So she, <laughs> <laughs> amazing throwback. So, uh, bringing up like the, I feel like that's where she got a lot of the inspiration from is writing, find, instead of writing about being cheated on, being on the other side of it. And I think, again, she saw when she was putting the last album, um, people talk about like better than revenge and how that, where does that fit if she was going to re record it? Cause it doesn't like hold up as far as like, you know, feminism today. And I think she's seen a lot mm-hmm. of that too. And I feel like that's why Illicit Affairs is interesting because it's the other side of it and really humanizing what that person is going through and that it's not easy for them either. Yeah. I still stand better than revenge. Me too. I still love it. It's oh still so fun. It's so fun. Illicit Affair, so she good. makes it so like a All romantic. Right, let's go into Invisible String. I like Invisible String because Delicate, obviously, I mean, I think most of us can agree is one of the greatest Taylor songs that we've ever received. And if you remember Delicate, it's like dive bar on the east side. Where you at? Where you at? So Invisible String has a lot of those elements where, you know, she's telling the story. Like you said, Lauren, the waitress. It, it, it sound, it's just, again, a story with a lover. I mean, of course, they're all stories. But, you know, green was the color of the grass where I used to read at Centennial Park. It's like, you know that this is a specific memory. It's not the, It's not things mixed together like we've been mentioning in past songs on this album. This is like a specific memory with a specific person. And Oscar, I need you to tell us who you think this is about. Yeah, I mean, they, this is my favorite song on the album. Like, I go to this song so much. It's so cute. Um, I feel like it's pretty obvious it's about Joe Alwyn. Um, like you said, there's so many like cute little details in this song. First of all, lyrically, it's so there's so many amazing lines. Bad was the blood of the uh, song in the cab. Yeah, yeah. literally. Yeah. <laughs> um, cold was the steel of my axe to grind for the boys who broke my heart. Now I send their babies presents, which uh. I think, like that sums up Taylor. That sums up her journey so much. Like she, that's how she really blew up. Was when she was like not afraid to name the boys uh, who broke her heart. She was not afraid to go on interviews and say like he broke, dumped me on the phone in 27 seconds. Like she was. That's what she, everyone kind of started really falling in love with her for. Right. Do we um, think that was Joe Jonas with the baby gift? I, I, I really think so. Because 
it's just so obvious. And obviously she was, uh, even when Joe was like dating Gigi, uh, they were, Joe and Taylor were friendly. And I think Sophie talked a bit about um, liking Taylor's music too. Um, so I think that's definitely like a Joe reference. And the, uh, all the lines where she talks about like time, like cutting me open, then healing me fine, giving me the blues, then purple pink skies. Like, mm. So, such pretty lines, like such amazing lyrics. That but the best so... ones, Oscar. Sorry, what were you saying? No, no, no. Go ahead. No, I cut you off. I, I thought you cut out in my headphone. Finish. Oh no, girl. I could just if you leave it up to me, I'll just keep going on. <laughs> I was on. just saying. <laughs> I to me, the greatest is a str- like literally the string, a string that pulled me out of all the wrong arms right into that dive bar. Something yeah. wrapped all my past mistakes in barbed wire. Oh Chains are on my demons, wool to brave the seasons, one single thread of gold tied me to you. It's like, it, it's, it taps into the fact that, you know, there are no coincidences. And like when you do meet somebody or when you happen to be in the same place as someone or you have this like incredible experience with a person that you love, it's just, it is so not on accident, you know? And it's like this one little string and she's sort like, of like got you there. Yeah, and got rid of all of her past lovers, really. And she doesn't think about them. All the mistakes she made in them, they're gone because she went to that dive bar. Mm-hmm. And I think like it just has like such an overwhelming feeling of like peace, like just being so at peace with like your mm-hmm. life. And like she, un- she finally has this like grace and acceptance of like everything that's happened to her, all the people who broke her heart, all the the times where she spoke out where she didn't have, or she didn't speak out when she should have. Um, and she just knows that like all of this was for a reason. And even this album, cause I, what this song feels like to me is like this song, this album can sell like a hundred thousand copies and I'll be okay with it because I am happy. Like that's what this song like feels to me, like just peace right. and happiness and acceptance. Uh, and it's just, I think it's like the heart of this album because it Ooh. really, at the end of the day, like it's that's Taylor. Like out of everything else, like that's where she's at right now is just at peace and she's happy and can't, that's so it's so sweet. Yeah, I can't wait till we get to peace. All right, what about Mad Woman? I mean, is this another Kanye song? Does every album have a Kanye song? <laughs> and um, is there any allusions to Kim here? Because Lauren thinks there is. I at first initial listening, I definitely think that it has like it's a little clapback to Kim and Kanye, a little scooter as well. Might as well throw him in there. Um, the line that I think points out to Kim is um, women like hunting witches too, doing your, doing your dirtiest work for you, which oh. that seems like very pointed because she was the one that leaked the Snapchat um, and edited it as we found out pretty recently. So there is reason that she would be writing about it again because it did like blow up at the beginning of quarantine. And then we know that she wrote this mm-hmm. album during quarantine. Uh, so I definitely feel like it has some Kimye references in there too. And I like it. I love Dark Taylor. I love Dark Taylor. I think it's not who she really is, um, <laughs> obviously, but I think we all have that kind of like sense to us where it's like you know she's is she is like the lover girl i think she likes butterflies and pink and cats and (laughs) but there is that side to her where it's like she is can be really pointed and cold um and if you fuck with her she'll if you want to take her down then fine but she's not going to go without a fight like she will fight back um i think we all have like that side to us no matter how nice you are like you still have the parts you where it's like 
I'll stand up for myself and I'll fight back and we can both go down swinging. Uh, I, the, my only complaint about this song is that I wish it would have been too obvious, but in the beginning when she says, does a scorpion sting when fighting back? I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish she made a snake reference. Cause I love snake. Snakeler is my favorite. So um. in my, in my head, I changed it from scorpion to snake. <laughs> the line, the that, line so that made me think it was about Kanye cheating was, the master of spin has a couple side flings. Good wives always know she should be mad, should be scathing like me. But no one likes a mad woman. So so it's I think someone in this is having a side fling and a wife always knows. Interesting. You know what's, I didn't even think about that. That's so Oh, interesting. look at me standing. Because she was like, I know. Lauren, <laughs> she... Oh my god, education jumped out. I didn't really get it. Uh, It says, the master of spin, I'm assuming is Kanye, has a couple side flings. Good wives always know. She should be mad. She should be scathing like me. Got it. That's interesting. I understand. I think I got that at first listen. Okay. Too. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, and it is interesting, especially with all this the stuff with like Kanye right, right now too. It it is interesting, like what like that. I don't know. It's she definitely could be talk, like singing about that hundred percent. There's so many lines that just seem so like specific, and that that bridge too seems very specific, just to like have made out made up about something like that she came up with. So I don't know, but it does kind of tie into like illicit affairs too, like. I don't know. It could be another one where it's just so many different influences in one. But I do think right. at the end of the day, there's a lot in there about Kim and Kanye. Right. Uh, and what it makes a- sense, like, timeline-wise, as far as, like, her writing and recording it. Right, because it came out. Yeah. Um. Sorry, Lauren, what were you going to say? Oh, I just uh, wanted to know about Epiphany, because that's also a bizarre one that I don't know about at all. <laughs> yeah. Same. Why is it that so many of these ones that sound pretty to me, I just can't figure out? Because I really like the sound of this. Wait, so can I say what I think Epiphany's about? Because I Please love do. this song and Oscar. Yeah. I want, I've been dying to actually no, talk to you. Because this one confuses me so much. <laughs> so I want you to explain This is the one I wanted it. to know from you and Betty about the most. So I understood Epiphany as being about her grandfather in the military. And yeah. written really? sort of from that perspective. Yeah, because yeah. there's so many references. Right? Am I talking about the right song yes. here? Do I need to look yeah. The yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's all, I think right from the beginning, there's references to war. And so, yeah, Oscar, just give us all the all your goods on this. No, one. that's what I agree with, too. Like, I definitely, that's what I was kind of confused of where this fit in. Because at first, I was trying to, like, apply it to, again, like, the love triangle thing when I was first listening to it. But it didn't, like, really make sense. There was, like, a theory I saw on Reddit that was, like, um, James, who is, who people think is the person that was with Betty and August. Right. Um, it's him dying in like war or something that's Mm. what i saw a theory that all where everything was connecting to that and it was definitely interesting um but i think realistically probably like you were saying dealing with like her grandfather in the war and just this album is kind of like a reflection of where we are like at the times right now too as far as like it's just the tensions are so high like politically someone was saying it was about my friend sabrina was telling me it was about covid i think it looks like covid in verse two when it says something medical school did not cover someone's daughter someone's mother holds your hand through plastic now Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think 
that definitely feels like what like she her take on what is going on with pandemic and just everything that's 2020 right now actually because it's there's literally every day i feel like there's something else and i feel like it's just like just wanting a break from it just wanting like one minute of just like not being overwhelmed and not seeing like terrible things happening all the time um and it's so i think the way that it sounds too kind of feels like that almost like it's just it's like a deep breath almost and you're just trying to like have a minute to chill (laughs) this song is pretty haunting to me like if i walked into a house and it was playing and i was by myself (laughs) i may be a little nervous Aw. Wait, how does it... Can somebody... You know when you're just, like, blank? Can someone sing the melody for me again to this one? Like, Oscar, it's your turn. Oh, my God. I'm going to... It's so bad. Keep your helmet. <laughs> keep your yeah, life. Yeah. It's just a flesh room. He's your rifle. <laughs> I love that part. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, the rifle... <laughs> That part always gets me. I love when she Oscar, I love you so much right now. You're the, the cutest thing ever. It's, that's like the hardest one to sing too. So like, my God. It doesn't sound like anything she's done before too, which I think is like right. so interesting. It's different. Lyrically, sonically. Okay, so let's move on to, you know, just the greatest song on the album. My favorite. Clearly, I am just so in tune with what should be a single and what's marketable and what's the best. <laughs> so let's go into Betty. I love this song. I love this song so much. Um, Lauren, Ashley, I want to know what you think about that. Yeah, no, I love this think? song. I do. It's one of my favorites. I mean, it just makes me feel nostalgic towards old Taylor. Who's Inez? Um, who's so- Inez? Ryan Reynolds' daughter, apparently. <laughs> Inez. Oh. Inez, oh. right? Oscar, you explain. Yeah. Yeah, all the names are that she mentions in the album are like from are Ryan and Blake's like kids' names. <laughs> so I think... I don't know if they ever announced what their last their latest girl yeah, name is so i that, so that thing that's why people are saying maybe her, they named their new daughter betty oh. um which is interesting but she also the photo shoot for this and where she shot like all the promo it was on blake and ryan's like lake house so that's adds like cool context to it too like their, her friendship with them like runs deep i guess you're, i guess so yeah. i wonder do you think because we know okay so off the bat i oh i thought betty was written from the male perspective from james saying this Me to betty too. obviously yeah um i've heard a fr- friends of mine have told me that they think the song is about carly Kloss. do you know anything about that i think i haven't seen like the specifics about Carly. well like clayler ship people like always find things even like in cruel summer and like the and lover last year like there was lines that people connected to clayler but um (laughs) uh and i know that not like the having no listing no pronouns like means a lot to like a lot of people too like um a lot of people are excited about this being played on country radio radio specifically because it very well could be like a queer uh, song um but yeah initially too for me like yeah and it's um almost like uh, people were kind of comparing it to like girl crush um when girl crush was playing on country radio because like i think that was the first song in a while where it was like a kind of like a queer song um 
but yeah, it was just, like initially to me too, it's kind of similar where I thought it was like from the male perspective, this trifling per whoever, male or female, they're trifling. They're horrible because it's like the average, it's what comes after August. Um, and August, obviously we got from that perspective, just being in love and with this like fleeting summer love being the other person in this love triangle. And then he, he goes, or they go to, Betty's house and saying like it didn't mean a thing um I slept by them all summer long but all I thought was you and it's like you're a scoundrel whoever you are (laughs) games boy or girl you're a scoundrel because you're putting you're putting uh Betty through it and Betty and August are going through some things right um but yeah I think it is very much like it. The way that she tells the story does remind me of like classic like fearless Taylor where it's like really linear Mm -hmm. and it's just like yeah uh, it's just like train of thought yeah. almost. I also feel like you may be spot on or maybe the people that believe this is a queer song may be spot on because James and Inez are the names of Blake Lively and Ryan, Ryan Reynolds' daughters. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's like two women, but yeah, I I just stand by what I say. Instrumentally, it just sounds so fearless speak now that to me this this was it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I, just the way that it builds to... Um, the like going all the way through the song uh into like the outro and going back to like cardigan standing in your cardigan kissing in my car again stopped at a street light you know i miss you and that literally all that just connects all the way back to cardigan where it's like i i knew you would miss me um dancing under street lights but you didn't you had some growing up to do and now you're gonna like you're gonna chase my shadows through grocery lines you think you're gonna see me everywhere um you tried to change the ending, so he tried to fix it, but he can't, uh, or they can't. So, just the way that this all connects back to Cardian is so interesting. This gives me, uh, yeah, cool. and it makes me appreciate. This it more. makes me so much more excited to listen again because now it all makes sense, and I can see a story in my head. And I'm sure a lot of people listening are like, "Thank God." it it really is so fun to to get all like the details betty to me is the fun like when i i just sometimes i just want songs to put makeup on for even if it's just in quarantine or you know when you're just doing your makeup or you're cooking something or you're showering and it's like it's just the best song for those things yeah yeah and i love when Mm -hmm. she just said or would you tell me to go fuck myself too like the fact that she's Mm -hmm. dropping f-bombs here in a mad woman love it love to hear it love to hear it okay so me i don't know if i love to hear it it's not because i don't have i have a problem with taylor using those words um i think that's totally fine they just sound not right you think they sound unnatural coming out of her mouth they well, they sound unnatural coming out of her mouth for me, but like not so much in Miss Americana, but like in the music, it's just so chill. And I know you can argue the fact that the word makes it, you know, it's so strong that like it brings attention to the lyric and the feeling behind it. But for me, I just feel like she almost just threw them in to be like, look, I'm, I don't have to be Miss Goody Two Shoes anymore. Yeah, I that feel makes- that. Yeah. Yeah, I think in Mad Woman, I feel like it makes a little bit more sense because that's very yes. much like the vibe. And yes. I, the only way I can kind of justify I don't it know. in Betty I, do is Do you like, think it's because maybe you don't curse as much? Because like, I curse I a lot. I do curse plenty. You do I curse so plenty. Do. You do curse yeah. plenty. <laughs> but you don't curse in, in public forum in the same way Taylor typically doesn't. I do. Like I curse a lot. I would say I curse a lot more than you do like publicly. 
publicly. You mean like on this podcast? Yeah, like things like that or on your other podcast. Do you think that's why? No, I think if she did use it in a song like like Mad Woman or like even like Bad Blood or anything like that, I wouldn't like care. But I think that it feels very misplaced in the song. I think if you think about it, like the way I justify it too, because it does feel kind of weird, is like this is coming from a 17-year-old's perspective and yeah. it's very much like if it's a 17-year-old boy, like that it does feel like very much like what they would say you know yeah yeah um so in that in that way i guess it does make sense so mm-hmm. but yeah i agree with you at first where it's like it kind of it's not like it flows like sonically it's not like it rhymes with like the line yeah. before anything so it does feel kind of like oh <laughs> it's like uh-huh yeah. it's like yeah. that moment of like what yeah. right uh and then this is this one yeah betty so this is the one that is co-written by co-written by William Bowery, which people think is Joe Alwyn. Oh, Joe Alwyn really? Oh, yeah. Shit, really? Why do um, we think that? Uh, I forgot where it was listed on Reddit. People connected it back to like where Joe uh, had used like this uh, pseudonym before, mm-hmm. uh, and it would make sense that they're quarantined together. And it kind of is a throwback to when Taylor had her um, old pseudonym as well. Um, I love when she uses her pseudonyms. Me too. What was her old pseudonym? Niall Sassange. Yeah, Niall. It was was on all the... It was in her Calvin era, right? When she used it? Yeah. Oh, that's right. On the Rihanna song, it was... Looking at you. Ooh, ooh, that one. Yeah. Yeah. So is peace See, like a conclusion too. to the trifecta? The 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 three what is it? The what is that relationship? No, called? so the love, the love triangle is only three songs. Yeah, but the it's peace kinda songs. I mean the first the first line is our coming of age has come and gone, suddenly the summer is clear. So I'm assuming mm. it's after August and maybe a wrap up okay. to it. Makes sense. That does yeah. make sense, Lauren. Thank you. It does. And it's like, <laughs> I literally have not said this a million times, but it feels like another mishmash mm-hmm. of a lot of things yeah, <laughs> because yeah. there are like, in peace, it does very much feel like, like the beginning kind of relates to like the love triangle, but then there's still parts of it that are so much like post or like reputation, the second half of reputation where it's like, um, almost like call it what you want or whatever. Cause like she knows that she be like being in a relationship with her comes with like a lot mm. of other things. Right. Um, because of like all the, like the baggage or whatever that she carries. So, and I feel like musically she mentions it a lot. So I feel like that's always like an insecurity for her. Um, as far as like, if you're in a relationship with me, touch me and you'll never be alone. Like from ready for it, just the idea that everything that comes with, dating her so like it's hard to find peace when there's dating me will kind of like haunt you almost because you'll always be asked about it it'll always always be a part of your life um and then going to like the line where it's like there's robbers to the east clowns to the Mm -hmm. west Mm -hmm. like yeah i was gonna ask you is this a lot of people are saying it's about taylor or kanye west because east isn't capitalized but west is (laughs) And, and it's like um I think I saw too, it's like the, on the West, Kim and Kanye are in the West Coast in LA, but then the East is uh, like Braun, Scooter. Braun, yeah. yeah. Um, and the robbers, the robbers are in the East, they took her masters and then clowns to the West. Yeah. Well, you know, okay. I'm not going to say that, yeah. but you know. <laughs> right. Interesting. I absolutely love peace. I think it's Me just too. like, would it be enough if I could ever bring you peace? It's just such a beautiful. 
oh, I don't know. It just sort of like cuts deep when I hear it and when she repeats it. I'm like, oh, what a line. Like when you when you end something with any anyone or anything, it's like, would it be enough if I could never give you peace? Sorry, I, I miss mm-hmm. miss said it, but there's just so many this I this I think stands right next to Invisible String as far as like the best lyrically on the album. Um, because there's just so many lines that are like, there was another one. Oh, give you the silence that only comes when two people understand each other. Mm-hmm. Like family yeah, I like that, that I chose. I don't know. It's just, yeah. Yeah. And even like, I'm a fire and I'll keep your brittle heart warm. So good. Uh, like the fact that, like, again, like acknowledging all like the drama and everything that can come with like dating her. It's like, yeah, like it's a lot. But know that, like, I'll always look out for you and I will keep you, I'll keep you warm. I'll be there. I'll be loyal. Like, just that imagery, I think, is so good. This is definitely an ode to me, to Joe, like so much of Lover was. Yeah, I agree. All right. Last song, Hoax. I know the least about this song. I've also listened to it the least. I've listened to it the least. Yeah. Yeah, this, like, Hoax is, it's like another one that's like... It's kind of like um, Exile to me, where it's like, it's really, really heavy. Uh, I like it a little bit more than Exile. I think it's like, and it's, this is like the first album in maybe, yeah, ever, where she like ends on like a song that's not sweet and optimistic and like oh, lovey. Yeah, almost, like New Year. Right? Mm-hmm. Or like, yeah. Yeah, but are we going to get a deluxe, like a clean? On folklore, are we gonna get another album or another song the, down the line? The yes, it comes out in like comes, a week, correct? Yeah, the the seventh. Oh, a couple on the seventh, the lakes comes out. Um, oh shit, we should have done this after that came. Out. Isn't it just one <laughs> so song? Is, what is it? It's a yeah. I think people there's some like lyrics that came out because um, some like outlets got a. Uh, advanced copy of it and it seems like a love song some people were speculating like if she talks if she hints that she got engaged in it i heard that she was um, pregnant in it that's what i've heard on the tiktok yeah. circuit <laughs> yeah there's like i i honestly don't think she would if she got pregnant or, or engaged or anything i feel like she because of everything she's been through i feel like it would just be dropped like after everything is done. Like, I feel like she wouldn't say it until she's married. And then she'd be like, yeah, I got right. married. Like, I know. That's girl. why <laughs> yeah. it doesn't make as much sense for it to be a baby or an engagement. It makes sense for her to just be like, oh, hey, by the way, I'm married. So let's say if yeah. she was pregnant, she would pull a Kylie Jenner then and just wait for the baby to come. I mean, at this point, well, she probably so. could because she's been in quarantine for like six I don't months. Think she's pregnant. I think she's married. Yeah. If anything, I would say engaged or married to be um, But... Yeah, it's uh, the lakes will be interesting. And she also talks about there's like a line, and I know we're like skipping to lakes, but I'm really interested for that one because there's like a line where in it where she talks about like um, having it not be on Twitter or so, like she literally mentions like something not being on Twitter, which I think oh. is funny. Like the fact that it's so like specific. That one will be really interesting. But also like the deluxe tracks on any of her albums haven't necessarily been like a part of yeah, yeah, yeah. like they've just been extra yeah. like even they, I always when love they're them singles. so much though clean Me too. is clean is one of the most underrated taylor swift songs of I all time I think clean may be my yeah. favorite I think clean of all is on time. the regular album yeah exactly clean no clean is on was the, the deluxe on 1989 no wow. clean is number clean's 13 oh yeah. it is yeah. yeah new romantics was the deluxe oh yeah. you guys are so right <laughs> number new, 13 but new romantics was good 
Uh, I know, Lord, he knew. <laughs> I know. New Romantics was yeah. the bonus track, and then ours I on Speak Now was like the other I forgot about New Romantics. I did not I like that I love New Romantics. Oh, I love New Romantics. Let's Why um, do you think about she Hulk? releases them? Yeah, what is Hoax about? Okay. Oh, yeah. So this is like the only one where the only album that ends like on a sad note. And I think like, I feel like this one isn't autobiographical or like, I feel like this, like, I feel like Invisible String is where she's at. And then that's why like Hoax kind of stands out so much because it's so, it goes back to just being like really, really dark. Where even in Cardigan, where it was like a bittersweet song or the one, they were both bittersweet. Like they were still like optimism in it and knowing that it was done and like moving on whereas like hoax is just like dark and it's just like it's this relationship is like done and it like hurts and there's so much pain and it's like just a toxic relationship and there's so much like that it's just like not a good situation to be in so it's weird like it really sticks out on this album because of how dark it is i feel like it's the darkest song can we pretend like it's calvin harris I, yeah, I guess so, because, like, it's, there's a lot of, like, let's see what some of the lines are, like, uh, my clips on, this has broken me down, my twisted knife, my sleepless night, my windless fight, like, that does kind of, like, bring up though and she, she never really written a song about Calvin, really, so the fact that, I feel like it would kind of make sense as far as, like, those feelings of just being in a relationship. She never written like, a song about Cal. We got songs about Calvin on Reputation, I thought. I guess. She, like, in Getaway Car, she, like, mentions him. She but, mentions him. You're right, but it's more about yeah. Tom. Wow. Mm-hmm. Very yeah, interesting. Yeah, people thought that was, like, I don't know, the, the, the girlies were, like, hell yeah, Calvin does not even deserve a song. Um Wait, Oscar, so now I'm thinking... long relationship. Guys, now I'm thinking most of the songs on Folklore are about Calvin then. I I kind of forgot about Calvin. She had these all written in a drawer and busted them out. (laughs) And brought all these lines. Yeah, like that would make sense if she had all these lines written and then... I got to think about um, that and listen to it again now. (laughs) (laughs) Because... Because even though they were together for like a long time, that was like her first like really big public relationship. Like the way that that it ended... That lasted a long time. It just ended so, like, I feel like she's probably really, really hurt by the way that all that went down. I mean, obviously, if that's how Look What You Made Me Do started with in the music video, that, like, that was, like, a really big hit for her to take, I think. And I think that's why. And then she met Joe. So then I feel like reputation kind of shifted where instead of being a breakup album, it was, like, my breakup with the public and then falling in love mm-hmm. privately almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so Calvin didn't really get any songs, period. So after all, everything he put <laughs> her through, I never trusted him, never trusted no, that never. man. So in never conclusion, did. folklore is all about Calvin Harris. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's a, that's a rumor, not a rumor. So why <laughs> do we think that she releases these songs like a week later? Is it because she wants to keep it like separate from the rest of the album, which should be more cohesive? The Lakes, yeah, that's a that's what i'm interested to find out like i'm interested to hear it and like figure out where it fits in sonically with everything else like it would be because the lyrically i don't know like it does sound like it would kind of fit in with something like invisible string and she yeah and she mentions like in invisible string too so it kind of feels like a second part of invisible string almost Mm. um and she names uh i think she named the deluxe or something like like there's a reference to like the lakes on, on her website already too so it's like interesting that she saved it for a deluxe track can um, you t- do you so, know where she had this photo shoot with like the trees and everything because it's so cool 
Yeah, it's Blake Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds like Lake House in New York. What are they like um, best been, friends? Yeah. Yeah, they're like really I think they're closer than anyone like realizes. But I think they're both I mean, they're all like so low key about private stuff. So I feel like it's just so on the low, which is cool because I feel like before she was like very Oscar, do you know how they got close? Because I, I am very interested to know that story. I actually, actually don't. They've been close for a while. Because I remember she was like uh, the Tom Hiddleston, <laughs> the Tom when she was sitting on Tom Hiddleston's lap, and then Blake was sitting on Ryan's lap, like one Fourth of July yeah. photo when they were dating. So it's been since like pre nineteen ninety nine. That makes me feel like and, it was like a Met Gala encounter connection. Yeah, Blake's a Met Gala staple. Taylor's, mm-hmm. you know, obviously always and New York, New York. Yeah. yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I feel like that must be like where it came from. And then yeah, there's they've been so close ever since. And then obviously like Blake's daughter was on the beginning of Gorgeous, so Right. Oh yeah. They be they're close. Interesting. Yeah. Well, any other tea about Taylor and Carly Kloss or anybody or Selena or anyone that we should know about this year? Um, I mean, there's the thing, like, this album was such a surprise, and I think that, like, it'll be interesting to see, like, where she goes from here. I think she she definitely knows that people have been wanting this sound from her since she did, like, Safe and Sound for the Hunger Games soundtrack, because it's right. very, like, similar. Right. Um, and I think the idea of, like, releasing this now, it'll be interesting to see, like, if it's almost, like, redemption Grammy-wise, because she been, she's been kind of, like, shut out from the Grammys the past two albums, and critically it's doing so well. It's like her best reviewed album ever. So it'll be interesting to see like what happens to the Grammys. Um, I'm really, I think that that'll kind of bring her back into being a front runner. She's, she listed this album as alternative. So, and then she's releasing Betty to country radio. And then she's releasing uh, Cardigan and exile to um, uh, adult pop, adult contemporary pop. So she is coming for a lot of genres. And she it was interesting because she was so upset when she wasn't nominated for Reputation, as we saw in the Miss Americana documentary. But to me, I'm just kind of like, does Taylor care about Grammys or does she just care about yeah. putting out what she yeah. wants to she put out? She shouldn't care. Sort of like That's Lady Gaga, opinion. you know? Like, I don't, yeah. there's some artists that don't care and they're like, this is just what I'm going to do right now. I think she doesn't care anymore. As I don't think she cares as much anymore. But I think she cares about being recognized for her songwriting. And I think she understands how when she writes songs like Me and You Need to Calm Down, which are just like meant she writes as like earworms, that she's songs like that almost make people, and releasing them as a single and promoting them so much, um, make it seem like p- people kind of forget that like, it's the B-sides and, like, all these other tracks in her albums that are really, really well-written and tell such great stories and are really emotional and impactful. Like, All Too Well was never a single, you know? Yeah, so, right. Not uh, just notorious as being, yeah, like... one of her best-written songs. Yeah. So best, yeah. I think that, like, with this album, it was really pretty much her being able to, like, really flex her songwriting and... Um, just reminding people where she stands. Like as an I can artist. still do this. I'm still like slaying yeah. at this part. Like of the she game. might yeah. come back and do pop again, like next album, and be something completely different. But I think at least people, she has this where it's like, I am t- the Taylor Swift. I know how to write a damn song. It can be catchy. It can be pop, a little bop, or you can sit there and you can cry to yourself all night long, girly. So I can do it all. And I feel like she's really flexing yeah. well, her Well, before we let artistry. you go, when is Betty coming out? Because I must know. 
she is re- impacting country radio like really soon. It's re- I think maybe like this week or next week. It already got it already is charting on the country chart and it ha- wasn't released yet this past week. So I think this week or next oh, week it's sure. releasing the country radio. Yeah. So she has a couple singles at the same time. So it'll be it'll be interesting. I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen. We still have her all her old masters that she's recording that are gonna. I feel like we're going to get something either end of this year or beginning early next year. So Her next concert is going to have to be 18 hours long because she's going to have to have so much shit to play. I just want to say right here before I sign off, I want Taylor to go back to country. And if she gives me more Mm -hmm. Enchanteds and more Bettys, and I think that should be her next thing. Just boom, country. Casey Musgraves will be so pissed. And that's what I want from Taylor. And going off of that, I agree. Listening to Betty made me want old Taylor. Now that she's gone through the other genres, I think it's time to go back on the next one, which makes me sad because I feel like the only thing about this being unexpected and being just a year after Lover makes me feel like, well, don't get me in the habit of having so much new music from you all the time because now I'm going to think that you're capable of giving me a new album every year. Period. And that's going to, if we go through another drought, like in between 1989 and Reputation, <laughs> yeah. God only knows what will happen to me. I really don't know. At least. <laughs> and your relationship. <laughs> Honestly, well, it probably would be better because I've been talking about Taylor a lot and it's, it's getting on his nerves. But at least we have like the, whenever she releases her old music, that is going to be, because it's going to feel new. So that's what, really what I'm like holding on to. It's like, okay, well, adult Taylor singing the old the old songs that like are so good. I'm that really actually for. is definitely what I'm looking forward to the most. Because I want to hear 1989 yeah. again. I want to hear Reputation. I want to hear, I want to hear it all. I want to hear Red with her like new voice. Uh, I just yeah, want it all remastered for voice. sure. I think that's going to be very enchanting. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yay. We will end Great there. Great way to finish the podcast, <laughs> okay, Thank you. Oscar, oh, you're incredible. Oscar, thank you so thank much. Thank you so much for thank having you. me. Thank you. You're the best. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. I don't get it. Podcast.